Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ministry Leaders Podcast, episode 35. We are a podcast aimed at equipping local church volunteer leaders, pastors, and other ministry leaders to better serve their ministries and churches. In our last episode, we were looking at this super important question, what is a disciple? We saw that a disciple is not just a new believer, a brand new believer. A disciple is not just a particularly committed Christian, sort of a top-tier, higher version of a Christian. And a disciple isn't just another word for a believer or a Christian in general. Rather, when we dug back into the story of Jesus and the context of Jesus, we saw that a disciple is a learner and a follower. Jesus' first disciples called him their rabbi. He was their teacher. They were learners, students, and they also called him their Lord. They gave him their commitment and their allegiance. They were followers. And as we saw that as a teacher, Jesus did much more than impart information. He was a mentor and a model as well. He was teaching his disciples by his life and by his example, a way of life, a way of being. And what Jesus' disciples committed to and what Jesus taught them was how they could grow to be more like Jesus in three areas. First, in their character, so that they became more like who Jesus was and how he treated people and related to people. Second, in their convictions, so they believed and staked their lives on certain truths and realities and certainties about God and his work in the world. And then third, in their competencies, so that they were learning to do the things that Jesus was doing to bring the kingdom of God. But all of this begs the question, how do you make disciples like this today? Most of us can't quit our jobs and collect a dozen folks to follow us around like Jesus did. But on the other hand, we can't assume that people will just become disciples from attending a weekly worship service or maybe a small group or a Sunday school class. Because if you're honest with yourself and with your church, you know that that doesn't cut it. A worship service alone or even a small group or a class does not lead to the kind of growth and transformation that it takes to make disciples. I once worked for a small Bible school, and uh, I was leading the staff through a strategic planning process. We took time to pray and to discuss what the mission of our school should be. And the idea was that once we were clear on this, we would look at our curriculum and our educational approach, and we would make the tweaks and adjustments that were necessary to improve the education we were offering in order to make sure we were fulfilling our mission. And this was hard work, and at one point one of my colleagues said to me, half-joking, wouldn't it be easier if we just looked at what we're already doing and just say that that's our mission? But but I think that's often what we do as churches. We We know the Great Commission. We know we're supposed to go and make disciples. We know we're supposed to be making disciples, that that's something we should be prioritizing. But we're not really sure what that entails in today's world. So we look at what we're already doing. And we say, well, that must be what it means to make disciples, at least in today's society. To make disciples must mean that we offer people an inspiring worship service with a good, relevant biblical sermon, and then we give them some other optional programs, too. And if people take advantage of them, then they must, it must be that they'll become disciples. Well, again, let's be honest. That's not working, is it? 
It's not enough to help people grow into the character, convictions, and competencies of Jesus. And there are a bunch of reasons why, which I'm not going to take time to go into, because instead, I want to talk practically about how we make disciples today. Again, we're probably not going to quit our jobs and walk around the countryside with a group of followers to do it the way Jesus did it. So what do we do instead? Well, this is a huge topic, but let's say the place to start is take the ministry or the set of relationships that you have that already most has the potential for making disciples. Maybe it's a small group you lead. Maybe it's a class you teach. Maybe it's some relationships that you have with a few people where you already talk about spiritual things. Whatever that is for you, let's talk about how to tweak that to turn that into a group that really makes disciples. And to do that, let me offer three diagnostic questions. And if you apply these questions to that group and you make the necessary adjustments, I think you'll be well on your way to making disciples. So first question, is there life-on-life interaction and connection? Does this group, this ministry, this set of relationships involve life-to-life or life-on-life interactions? Do the relationships of those involved spill over beyond the bounds of your group meeting or your class time, if that's what you have? Again, maybe we can't quit our jobs and wander around the countryside together, but we can't make disciples without finding ways to do life together. So, are you getting to know each other personally? Have you been in each other's homes, in in your yards, uh, in your workplaces? Do you connect or hang out spontaneously? Are they getting to know what your life is really like, and are you getting to know theirs? Making disciples has to be more than a scripted meeting where we go through a curriculum together and discuss the Bible together, because a lot of discipleship is as much caught as it is taught. And if you're not doing life together, people aren't going to see your example or pick up how you follow Jesus or how you handle different circumstances and situations. Along with this, if you're trying to teach people competencies like having spiritual conversations with a neighbor or disciplining your kids appropriately or learning to pray out loud, whatever that competency is, you can't teach that stuff sitting in a classroom. You have to get with people out where you can try this stuff and do this stuff together hands-on where they can see how you do it and they can try it and you can give them some encouragement and feedback. All right, second diagnostic question about the group or the set of relationships you think have the potential for making disciples. Is there accountability? Is there an expectation that people are doing something about what they're learning? I'm not talking about spiritual policing here, that that you have to have people check the boxes and and say that they did A, B, C, and D. But I'm saying that part of what discipleship involves is challenging those you're discipling. We see this with Jesus, right? Sure, when we disciple people, we offer lots of encouragement and grace. But like Jesus did, we also challenge people to put into practice what they're learning. You and I need this challenge, right? And and so do the people we're discipling. So do your discipling efforts involve some kind of accountability, some kind of expectation that they're putting into practice what they're learning? Often it's just asking people, hey, last week we were talking about X and I asked you what you were going to do about it and you came up with Y. How did that go? Did you do that? 
that's just at its most basic form, some accountability built in to the relationship and the discipling process. All right, third diagnostic question. Are your discipling efforts intentional? This is sort of the flip side of life on life. Because making disciples is more than just hanging out and hoping God shows up. Making disciples is an intentional process. It could involve a curriculum or some kind of content, but whether it does or not, in some way there has to be an intentional effort to help people grow to be more like Jesus in their character, in their convictions, and in their competencies. So here's what you want to be thinking about. What are some of the key character traits you want people to grow in? What are the key convictions that are important to you as a leader and to your church that people really grab a hold of, that they believe and hold on to? And what are the competencies a follower of Jesus should have? Like the ability to share their faith or pray regularly or discern God's guiding and leading in their life. Are you being intentional about helping them to grow in these areas? Well, boy, there's so much more we could say about how to make disciples, but let me just end with one last thought. It may be that all of this sounds sort of foreign to you because you've never really been discipled yourself. And if that's true of you, then being discipled yourself has got to be the first step. And and so the best thing you can do, if that's you, is ask someone to do some discipling with you first so you can get a feel for how it's done. Now, I realize that finding someone to disciple you can be a challenge, because who do you pick? Your pastor may or may not know how to disciple people or may or may not be available to you. Well, you may need to pray about it and intentionally search around for someone. Maybe there's a missionary or a parachurch staff member you know or someone you respect in your church who you could ask. Maybe your denomination's regional office can help you find someone. There are also excellent discipleship coaching and training resources available using technology like Zoom that's offered by ministries like 3D Movements, Cesar Kalinowski, others. If you invest six months or a year in asking someone to invest in you and train you, give you an example of how they make disciples. It's amazing how much more confidence and clarity you will get about how to disciple others. All right, that's it for this episode of the Ministry Leaders Podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please share it with someone. You can also help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or leaving us a rating and a review. Bye for now.